0: the price doesn't seem to want to move. There is something holding it up in both directions and that looks like it will break. Could be next week, could be two weeks, but it's going to be soon. Well, hello there, my friends. Rafi here from the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. And today we're gonna go into a six-week coil in the silver price which matches the largest coil since silver squeeze, which means we are within two to three weeks, maybe of a huge move. Could be up, could be down. I think it'll be up. We'll see. But there hasn't been a coil like this since the beginning of 2022. And the last time we saw a coil like this before that was at the market highs of August 2020. And by coil, I mean a very tight wrapping of the silver price. And remember last week when I showed you that there were huge spot buys in January 2023 gold? Well, there were even more of those this week on January 17th and 18th combined with the deliveries made on the following day. So there, whoever is buying a lot of spot silver has continued to do it this week and is stepping up the pace. Meanwhile, in the paper silver markets, SLV holdings are falling even faster as the silver price rises. This is happening across all paper silver funds, and I will show you both charts on that. SLV holdings have hit a new three-year low, which means the paper investors are nowhere to be found. They are not paying attention. We want them out of the market as long as possible. This is all good news. Next, we're going to talk about Japan. The Bank of Japan owns over 50% of the entire Japanese government bond market. The JGB market is a humongous fulcrum in the entire Keynesian system. And when that domino falls, I don't know if it would be the first domino to fall, but when that domino does fall, the rest of the dominoes of the Keynesian system will fall fast because it is a huge one. It all depends on how... The market forces the bank of japan to release its yield curve control which it has not succeeded in doing yet but it is getting closer and finally we're going to talk about remember that situation in the uk and the united kingdom when the bond market was crashing because of some leverage scheme and in insurance and pension funds well the situation is even worse in japan which is why the bank of japan cannot let go of its yield curve control because its pension funds and insurance companies that own and Japanese government bonds will also crash, just like they did in the UK, and the Bank of Japan will have to go right back into the market in an embarrassing 180. This silver report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mine, symbol FSM, a stock which I personally own. Earnings came in on January 17th. Fortuna reports 2022 full-year record production of 401,878 gold equivalent ounces, and issues 2023 annual Guidance. Gold equivalent ounces converts silver ounces to the equivalent gold ounces. So as the gold-silver ratio falls eventually in a monetary crisis to the monetary ratio of 15 to 1, gold equivalent ounces for Fortuna will skyrocket for that reason. And so just a quick overview of its production. Gold production of 259,427 ounces, 25% increase over 2021. Silver production of almost $7 7 million ounces, 8% decrease over 2021. Lead production of 34 million pounds, 5% increase over 2021. Zinc production of 46 million pounds, 3% decrease over 2021. So silver, lead, and zinc are basically even, whereas gold production is much higher. For production guidance, gold production is expected to be 9 to 23% higher over 2022 this year. Silver production is going to be a little bit down 9%. But gold equivalent production is projected to be 3% to 15% over 2022 this year. And so we see Fortuna is turning into a more balanced gold and silver producer, which I believe makes it a more balanced and stable stock. We will see how it produces and how it performs this year. But generally speaking, I believe the mid-tier of gold and silver producers is where much of gold mining resources should be focused because they are the ones that will benefit the most from an endgame scenario and gold and silver going vertical, which will eventually happen. And so we will start this week off the silver report with what looks to be a six week coil in the silver price. This is a weekly chart going back to 2020. And here you see is the lockdown crash and here is silver squeeze in that black candle. So we're seeing here, I can't, a, a, a coil means that the price is tightly coiled around a very specific range or a very tight range rather. So we see here, and this coil is one, two, three, counting the candles, four, five, six, seven. It's actually a seven week coil. I put the wrong number in the title. Well, seven week coil is even tighter than we see here. The coil was one, two, three, four, five, six. And the seventh week it collapsed. That was during the recent bear run of gold and silver from March until September. So this actually is the longest silver coil that we've seen since the market top of August 2020. A coil generally means that there's going to be a big move in the very near future. could be a week, two, three. But you don't have these tight coils without the bulls and the bears both fighting intensely to keep their price targets and once one of them collapses once one of them gives up the selling pressure or the buying pressure in whichever direction falls and the price heads in the opposite direction very strongly i have a feeling that this coil will break up as the last two coils broke down not this time i don't think zooming in on the coil on a daily chart we can see here exactly what this coil is starting here You have these uh, very short-lived up and down movements. The price doesn't seem to want to move. There's something holding it up in both directions, and that looks like it will break. Could be next week, could be two weeks, but it's going to be soon. This is quite interesting. Moving to the gold market. Last week, I pointed out that there was a a single day, I believe it was January 11th, of 1,223 contracts opened of spot gold spot gold meaning for immediate delivery, January 2023, that was a huge buy on that day and all of it went to delivery. Now we're seeing even more of that. When you buy spot, you do not buy futures. It's not for hedging, it's for physical delivery because once you buy spot, you are risking delivery. You're you're buying it in the delivery window. And so 1,223 last week on January 11th. This week, January 17th, we saw a day of, Uh, 603 plus 97, I take this number, the change, and I add the deliveries because the deliveries are uh, closed out contracts, so it should have fallen by 97 since since it rose by 603, you add 603 to 97, you get 700. 700 contracts were opened. And the total volume that day was 706. So almost all of that was a big spot buy of 700 contracts. And the next day, January 18th, we see even more of that. We see 711 deliveries from that. That was the deliveries from here. There were 700 buys, 711 deliveries. Uh, and here we see a change of 313 up despite 700 deliveries. So that's 1,024 spot contracts that were open on that day and a volume of 1027 meaning almost all of them were new contracts opened what is happening here is it the same party that's buying all this stuff we don't know we'll see if it continues next week here are the delivery numbers you can see this has significantly picked up since the beginning of the month this is the january 11th uh delivery number when that big buy happened 1149 deliveries we see it's even more Uh, The last, uh, on January 17th and 18th, the last two days that we have recorded here, 711 deliveries on January 17th, 1,424, double that basically. On January 18th, something big is going on. Uh, We'll see what it is, maybe. Now, to paper silver holdings, they keep falling. They're falling faster and faster as the silver price continues to rise. See here, here is the rise in the spot price since uh, September 2022, and here for the first time, this is a five-year chart going back to 2018, generally see as the silver price rises, the holdings on the bottom here of SLV can uh, tend to rise. Uh, here is the big move in 2020 from the bottom uh, at lockdown central until the market top in August 2020, you see the holdings here rose. So it was driven not primarily, but largely by the paper silver traders That is definitely not happening now, we see this huge rise in the silver price, and there has been no response at all by SLV, which is now at a three year low in holdings going back to 2020. Here is a zoom in of what has been going on since the silver bottom. You see here, uh, January 18th, uh, a liquidation of 4.42 million assets from the SLV fund hitting a three year low. Uh, going below the September 2022 low of silver significantly now. And now if we go out to all of paper silver holding, including SLV and all other ETFs and unallocated and allocated accounts at different companies, we'll see the the, the latest weekly change is 7.7 million ounces liquidated. And here we see the blue line of total silver holdings falling and falling and falling. It should have reversed itself over here when the silver price stopped falling but it has continued to fall meaning the paper traders or the paper holders or the unallocated accounts they're simply not buying this rally it's driven by the physical markets and the stackers it has to be and now we're going to go into the bank of japan because this is a huge part of the keynesian system it is going to fall and when it falls the rest of the dominoes will fall i hope it will be the first domino but if it isn't and there's something else at first it doesn't really make a difference but this whole pyramid will fall from the Japanese government bond market. You see here, the Bank of Japan, this is as as of December 2021, the latest numbers from Statista, and we'll get into more updated numbers in a second, but the Bank of Japan here holds 48.1% as of December 2021, and who is the runner-up? Life and non-life insurance holds Japanese government bonds. And there was this whole story about the Bank of Japan they might have scrapped. They were speculated to... Be about to scrap yield curve control at this week's meeting under the head of the bank of japan kuroda or whatever his name is decided not to decided to double down on yield curve control they are not giving up but the point of this chart is that the bank of japan own, first of all owns over half now over half of all the entire japanese government bond market and the runner-up is 20.3% of life and non-life insurance companies. And here you have public pensions. So if you take public pensions and pension funds and the life and non-life insurance companies, you have about 26, 27% of the entire Japanese government bond market. Now, if you remember what happened in the UK when the Bank of England stopped buying bonds for just a little bit, remember what happened to its pension funds? Well, there was a big cataclysm and the bond market started to evaporate because pension funds and insurance companies or whoever was owned, owned to these gilts were forced to sell in a chain reaction and the bank of england had to come in and buy a bunch of bonds to save the market what percentage of the market was owned by these pension funds at that point well i have those numbers here we have the updated numbers of who owns the guilt market i just want to compare what's happening in the japanese government bond market to the guilt market back when that implosion happened in 2022 last year so the latest numbers q2 2022 perfect quarter you have 2.2 trillion pounds of total government debt and the bank of england the monetary financial institution owns about 40 percent of that at the time and the pension funds the insurance companies owned 26.34 percent when the market started to implode that is even less than the combined ownership of japanese government bonds by insurance companies and pension funds in Japan. So the reason that the Bank of Japan did not stop its yield curve control is because it would have collapsed that market just like what happened in the UK last year. So it cannot exit its yield curve control without being forced to turn around and do a 180 and an embarrassing policy reversal. Now, this is the la- these are the latest numbers that I was able to find on the Japanese government bond market. Uh, As of September 30th, 2022, the total amount of yen outstanding in uh, Japanese government debt is 10,997,286 in units of 100 million yen. So I think that's like 10 quadrillion or something. And if you take the amount of Japanese government securities owned as of January 12th, that's 565 uh, trillion, because we're in units of thousand yen down here, so 565 trillion out of 10 quadrillion is about 51.4% of all Japanese government bonds. They've hit the 50% mark, and they have exceeded it, and as the Japanese Bank, The Bank of Japan has to continue its yield curve control policy. They will have to buy more and more and more bonds in order to maintain it. Let's go to the Financial Times, and they explain it very well. This, my friends, is the Financial Times FT in an article entitled The Bank of Japan's Policy Predicament, published yesterday, it says. And today is January 19th, so it's published January 18th. Let's go to the key paragraph. For several years, it says here, I'm highlighting, this policy was fairly successful, meaning yield curve control. It kept rates low for borrowers. And because markets felt the cap on yields was credible, the Bank of Japan did not have to buy many bonds to maintain it. That changed last year as rising interest rates in the U.S. and elsewhere created a yield gap with Japan. The yield gap means that Japanese people are now incentivized to get out of the yen and into currencies, owning, earning more interest. Let's skip to the end of this paragraph. Even then, it says, faith in yield curve control was strong until Kuroda suddenly shook it with December's unheralded decision to let yields rise, but only as high as 0.5%. And here's the key. that opened the floodgates. Now passivity is no longer an option for the Bank of Japan. It must either buy trillions of yen in bonds, defend its yield cap, or abandon yield curve control altogether. The central bank could also dilute yield curve control towards irrelevance by setting caps so high as to be meaningless, or capping a short-term bond yield. And so basically it's saying that since Kuroda... Raised the ceiling from 25 to 50 basis points. The market is now on them, and they are feasting and they are trying to break through that yield curve control because there's a lot of profit to be had in killing a central bank. The last one to do it successfully was George Soros, and we all know how rich he is and what amazing things he does all the time. But anyway, that's nothing to do with anything. Well, it does, but I don't need to mention it here, you know. So, to summarize silver's in a coil it's about to break one way or the other the bank of japan is in major coil it's going to break one or the other too it's either going to own the entire bond market and then crash or it's going to crash beforehand it's one of the two and in the meantime dominoes are lining up for an end game monetary scenario which silver will be the primary beneficiary i believe this year but we'll see the point is keep stacking keep being responsible keep staying calm and this will happen. This is Rafi of the Endgame Investor. If you appreciated this little video, then you can sign up for a two week free trial of the Endgame Investor or become a patron on Patreon, where I give a more biblical angle on monetary and economic systems. I'll see you guys next week.